So Megan, I uh, this past week something funny happened at work. Um, I was in a meeting with a couple of coworkers, and they were like, uh, "Sam, you have a pretty serious microphone." <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "Do you podcast?" And the one of the other guys was like, "Oh yeah, she does podcast. She does an anime podcast. It's uh it's a uh, it's about Attack on Titan." And I was like, "Yeah, oh my gosh, right. I so I love everything yeah, about I, that." <laughs> uh so one of the other guys just said like oh yeah uh what's your podcast and started chatting about it a little bit and they asked for a little bit of shout or a little bit of a shout out and so for the guys at pk here's your shout out thanks so much for <laughs> acknowledging <laughs> uh my podcast um but yeah <laughs> yeah exactly noticing the podcast uh, get up we've got going on here well you've got going mm-hmm. on here um okay well that's super exciting all right so everyone that was super cool welcome to little bit weebish we are super pumped we're going to be talking about of course attack on titan season three episodes nine and ten i'm literally so pumped for this um Oh my gosh, these are gruesome episodes, but I'm here for it, Sam. Um, We're going to jump into episode nine. The title is Ruler of the Walls. Um, Sam, why don't you give us our summary first? Okay. Rice's abnormal tightness still making its way over to the wall. Uh, Hanji has figured out that the abnormal won't change its course from the mass of people as long as the people stay where they are. Um, Some people were trying to get, um, trying to convince Erwin um, to evacuate people. And he's like, no, we don't want to do that because then he'll just change his course. Um, they also reveal that the can they also reveal that Aaron's coordinate power didn't work on rice as well. They tried that while he, while they were making their way back, um, to the wall and they were like, Oh shoot. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my, can that I was- just say it was hilarious just seeing Aaron like punch through the air, like, Hey, you dummy, you ugly. Stop. <laughs> like just hilarious. Him trying to like figure out how this new ability still works. Cracked me up. Yeah, it was, it was for me. It just like, I, didn't even think about the funniness of it. I was just like, oh, oh no, no. this is going to be so bad. Because you're on pins but, and needles not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the MPs are placed on the wall with the cannons in hope that they will be able to actually stop Rice as he tries to travel closer to the wall in his Titan form. It doesn't end up working. Um, so Erwin creates a new plan that they will blast the Titan with explosives that Aaron's Titan will shove down its throat, which I think is so gross. <laughs> and so epic. Gross. So epic. Very epic. Um, but that will blow the neck right off of the Titan. And then the rest of the scouts will blast into the air to slice at all of the people, all of the pieces that are blown off. Um during this time, Historia kind of uh, has a chat with Erwin, which I think it's so funny when they have like these side conversations while things are just very, very heated. <laughs> yeah. And you just have like these little conversations. But anyway, she tells Erwin that she wants to be a part of it. She can't just be a queen in name, but she wants to be a queen in her actions as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Historia ends up being one of the scouts that jumps into the air to slice all of the individual pieces that are blown up. Um, and she ends up being the one that takes the cl- killing blow. So she finds the big chunk that has rod rice in it and she slices it in two. Yes. And apparently, yeah. <laughs> and apparently then she falls down in some type of heap and is safe. Uh, but she ends up waking up after chopping at the Titan Flesh, and people are standing around her. By people, I mean, like, townspeople. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just standing around and asking her if she's okay. And that's when she announces who she is and that she will be their new queen. Yes! The coup d'etat. It's finally, like, coming to an end. Um, yeah. I really love this episode. I wanted to focus this discussion... Um, Mainly on one thing. If we have time, I'll hop into the other. But um, I wanted to talk about the theme of the thinking of a weakling. Uh, There's a moment when Aaron is looking at Historia, talking to Commander Irvin. And he just says to himself, Historia, it's amazing how strong she's become. At first, I thought she was the weakest of all of us, but no, I was the weak one. Somewhere along the line, I decided I was special. And because of that, when other soldiers died for my sake, I just accepted it as natural. And the same goes for my Titan powers. I hated Titans more than anything. But when I became, but when I became one, I thought nothing of it. Because I wanted to believe that my strength was my own, that's the thinking of a weakling. Where will we go from here? So what if I'm able to reseal the walls? I still don't have, I'm still not about to save mankind. I'm not special. I'm nobody. But really, it's humanity that got the short end of the stick here because they're stuck with me as their trump card. Um, I mean, he seriously has gone into a very low point to think that after all of this, he is the weak one. He is the weakling and all of mankind has no hope when it's been the opposite. The entire time, everyone has been looking up to him and saying together, we can do this, but he doesn't believe that resealing the wall is enough He, for some reason, feels like he alone has to save humanity. Um, Even though back in the cave, the previous episode, Jean literally said to Aaron that he didn't have to do anything on his own because no one asked him to. And he feels mainly responsible for the outcome. Um, And it makes me sad because he, like, literally punches himself And Armin was like, whoa, were you going to make a wound? It's not time yet. And Aaron just was like, no, I needed to beat the shit out of a useless brat real quick. With any luck, he's dead and gone now. Which I personally feel like that's an interesting choice of words. You know, beat up a brat. Now he's dead. Kind of Mm -hmm. scary imagery. There's a couple things that I wanted to talk about about this. Um, So, okay. Number one, I think that Aaron is a very literal person. Um, And so he does things very literally. 
Um, one being like, instead of just beating himself up in his mind and saying like, no, that's dumb thinking Aaron. He like literally takes fists to his face and he's like, this is what I've got to do to get things done. Let's actually do it. Um, <laughs> that's very true. There's not really any metaphor in, in the way that Aaron works a lot of the time. Um, but I, I wanted to take a minute to think about this in terms of mental health. Mm. Um, what Aaron is saying is true. Like he really, he really isn't anything super special um, in terms of like the regular human being that he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even though he has been told in the past that he isn't doing it alone, he still feels like it because he is somebody who's kind of different, right? And I think that that happens a lot with mental health is that like when you have depression or anxiety or, you know, bipolar or, you know, any, any list, any slew of mental health issues, um, it seems like those mental health issues take something that is true Mm-hmm. And like just twists it in your brain to make you feel even more down about yourself or to make you forget what you've been told. And right. in terms of Aaron, like he's forgotten the support system that has offered to help save humanity. Mm-hmm. He forgets that he has people who are willing to help and he takes a lot of burden on himself. That happens a lot with depression and anxiety. Um, and I think that this is yet another way that Attack on Titan really relates to the real world. We see characters struggling with something that we might diagnose, you know, in the real world as depression or anxiety or PTSD. Like we have a lot of PTSD that happens um, in Attack on Titan. And like, this isn't uncommon for people to experience this. And it's not surprising to me that Aaron is feeling this way. He's had a lot go wrong for him. He's had a lot of struggle and um, mental health just takes the truth and really digs it in and you overanalyze and you get fixated on the negative. And uh, yeah, I, I think that that's what's happening here. I really love that you brought up this mental health component because for some reason I was thinking like it's his mindset that was weak, but I think that you really got to what was going on here is that he's going through a massive amount of stress and pressure Mm -hmm. and change that all happened at once and he feels alone and i think you hit it on the head that it's not that he's being weak or fickle or you know sporadic with one way of thinking versus the next i really do feel like it actually is a mental health thing that's going on in his mind where let's be honest i think that in the attack on titan world they're not in a place to either be supportive of a mental breakdown or recognize it Mm -hmm. or to provide comfort. Um, 
even if they are able to recognize it in someone. And I think that Aaron is clearly going through those signs of a mental of a mental health issue, be it depression or anxiety or something else. I really love yeah. that you brought that up. Um, yeah. Let's see. I mean, yeah. In my later notes, um, you know, he talked about how he was this trump card that everyone was stuck with. Um, yeah. Which isn't fair to him, but I do feel like like you hit the nail on the head where you can take a thought that you've had or something that someone has said to you and just twist it in a way yeah. that's not intended because we can see that Aaron really is a trump card, but in a good way, not a bad way. Um, and people yeah. really do rely on him um, in this mission you know, he was able to transform into a Titan and throw the gunpowder into Rod Rice's mouth, which was kind of easy to do given how he looked. Um, but between the heat and the steam, like no one could have done it unless it was Aaron. Between his strength and his quickness, it all had to be him. So, um, but again, I do think you hit it on the head with um, just how he kind of twisted this because of all the the pressure and the mental health issues he hasn't been able to deal with. So I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I, I really liked what you said of just like, he, he, I don't think that he is, I don't think that he's a bad quote unquote Trump card. Um, mm -hmm. that humanity has I think that um, he just really doesn't have like a high self-esteem self or perspective on himself he sees himself as two different things he either sees himself as the weak kid or the titan and mm -hmm. I don't think or and and then his titan abilities and I don't think that he realizes that his titan um, is just an, an exemplified version of himself like the Titan would not be able to function the way that he does without Aaron's abilities. Like when he fights with Annie in his Titan form, like there's no way that his Titan would have won against her if he didn't utilize the knowledge that he learned as a human. 100% um, true, Sam. 100% true. And I just, I don't, I still don't think that he's accepted yet that he is human and titan he see like a, a doctor dr jekyll mr hyde kind of moment he sees himself as two completely separate people and um he thinks that like oh i have just been embodied by this titan mm -hmm. um instead of thinking that he was chosen to embody this titan that there was a reason why his father gave him this ability Maybe he thought that Aaron could handle it. And I think that's something that we probably can discuss later on in other episodes. But I just feel like Aaron just doesn't give himself enough credit for what he's already done and the type of person that he is. Mm -hmm. oh. And so in that sense, I guess it kind of, I mean, to tie it back to your theme, that is the thinking of a weakling. He's not thinking of his strengths. He's just kind of 
dwelling on the woe is me and not really thinking of the amazing things that he has brought to the table for the scouts and for humanity. Right. It was not that he is a weakling. Not him. Yeah. It's not that he is a weakling, but he's thinking of himself as one. Right. If that makes sense. 100%. And 100%. And I love that. And I loved all your comments. Um, Let's see. My next theme, I'll just briefly touch on it. It was fulfilling purpose, namely through Mm -hmm. Historia. Um, Because I feel like these two characters are very contract or uh, contrasting. It's kind of like they both have polar opposite life stories and yet they're both kind of tragic and hard. Um, Historia has now found her purpose. She's found the one that she's meant to fulfill. And when Ervin tries to stop her, she says, sorry, Commander, I know this is selfish, but I have to do this. Um, and she dealt the final blow and she's now queen. And I think it's interesting how, um, she thought her purpose was to just die a martyr and the scouts, which Emir convinced her otherwise. And then it was the thought to become a Titan and eradicate other Titans, which again, Emir shout out, you stopped her from doing that in her mind. And then the third, um, I guess the third time is the charm because now she is queen and Mm -hmm. um, I guess we'd all love to be queen, but in all seriousness, um, I, I saw this as a way of just finding and fulfilling your purpose is never meant to be clear. And there may be a lot of deviations along the way. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to, answer the call when it happens, but also to be flexible. Um, And I think that finding and fulfilling a purpose will be different and still significant in major ways across all people. You know, Historia is queen. Aaron is humanity's trump card and ally Titan. You know, it's one and the same. Uh, Commander Ervin as the brains to save humanity. The list goes on with these characters, how they all are fulfilling and finding their own purpose in this. Yeah. I really like that. I, I think that there's no one way to go about your end goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes like you said, the end goal kind of changes. Um, originally Historia just wanted to be what everybody wanted her to be. Mm -hmm. And now she's finally taking it into her own hands. And I feel like she is still fulfilling that role in terms of being what her family wanted her to be, which was to rise to the throne, to have power, to utilize, you know, her birthright. But she's she's decided to take it in her own way and doing it the way that she thinks is right and not necessarily what is traditionally, what has traditionally been done. Um, and I think that she's doing it for the better. And I think that Aaron is taking steps towards doing what his father wanted him to do but just doing it better oh 100 percent. doing it in what i feel is a better way (laughs) yes oh i love that um well those are my themes so let's move on to what we liked 
Um, I cracked up in two different places, Sam. First, okay, I'm already laughing thinking about it, was when Commander Irvin was explaining the gunpowder plan and we catch mm-hmm. a glimpse of his Titan drawing. Like, mm-hmm. it cracked me up. I'll try to find a picture of it to, like, show on our Instagram because it was so bad. Like, he's so brilliant, but clearly he's not an artist by any stretch of the means. Um, And then the second was when Historia was doing her inner monologue um, Mm -hmm. and was saying how this was the first time she stood up to her parents and had a fight with her father just as she's going to, like, slice uh, the Rod Rice, you know, entity in the air. Um, I'm like, that is a big escalation in terms of a a first time fight with a father. So I don't know. I just kind of chuckled at the drama behind it. So uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. We can cut this out if time doesn't allow, but my dad recently sent me a photo of a letter that I wrote saying that I hated my dad. (laughs) And my dad thought it was so funny. I don't know how old I was. I was younger than 10. I think maybe I was eight. But um, it's hilarious because like, my dad just thought it was so funny that he kept it after all these years. And then he sent me a picture of it. And then he also sent a picture of the apology letter I wrote after that, like, I'm so sorry, I love you. And he's like, I have no idea what happened, like, between you or me or why you were upset, but it was hilarious that I had to keep it. So, oh, cute. In contrast, I just laugh at Historia's, you know, first time fight with her father. That cracks me up. But anyway, what did you like? Um, So I really like the attention to detail that the animators and the manga artist had to Rod Rice's Titan. Um, After dragging himself towards towards the wall for such a long time, he should have had his body worn down and they totally thought about it. Like it wasn't just like he had scrapes all over his face, but he legitimately wore at like his physical form to when he pops up and he's just like his insides are falling out you see bone yes. nastiness but I thought that, that was like really great detail I think that they did a really great job oh my gosh that's amazing it is so disgusting I remember when I saw mm-hmm. it and I gasped I was like <gasps> it was so gruesome and bad and then when the insides fall onto the wall and then like on the other side oh yeah. I love that you great love that. Great detail. Super disgusting, <laughs> but great detail. Yes. Um, now let's bridge to past episodes. Um, let's see. Aside from the kids looking up at Rod the same way Aaron and Mikasa and Armin like, looked at the Colossal, I didn't see any, did you? I felt like that was pretty obvious. Yeah. No, okay. yeah, that was... That was pretty much it. Okay, yeah. I didn't catch anything either. I thought I'd ask. But okay, I guess that means that we get to move on to episode 10.
Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are now going to be going over Attack on Titan Season 3, Episode 10, and the title is Friends. Though, to me, I really didn't get why they named it Friends. Uh, Maybe (laughs) you feel differently, but I was like, this seems not titled correctly. (laughs) I mean, out of all the things, out of all the things, I wouldn't have named it Friends either at all. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. But, uh, Megan, do you want to give us our summary for the episode? Oh, for sure. So, it's a new day for humanity within the walls. Historia is now queen, and the people accept her. Prior to the celebrations, though, Levi finds Kenny before he dies. We learn that Kenny uh, was once a loyal subject of the previous king, Ori, who is Rod Rice's brother. Uh, They had formed a friendship, despite, (laughs) so bizarre. There we go. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) formed a friendship despite Kenny's initial decision to kill the king. And with this friendship and alliance, Kenny was able to find his sister, uh, Kuhel. Kuhel? Kuhel? I don't know. Yeah, I had to write like a pronunciation thing for you. It's Kuhel. Kuhel. Okay. Cool. See, still can't do it, even though I have it written down. Cool. <laughs> it's K-U-C-H-E-L, people. Like, it's difficult. So, but he finds his sister, and he finds the son of his sister. She had died, but Kenny took the time to feed and teach this boy how to fight and protect himself in the underground. He realizes that you know, this kid is Levi, so we can assume, you know, that it's our Levi. But eventually Mm -hmm. he left, and that's because he couldn't um, see himself as someone, uh, someone's parent. Uh, We learn that he created and led the anti-personnel squad with the dream of one day becoming an elite, powerful titan like Uri. Uh, But that day never came. Despite having the syringe, Kenny was worried that he would turn out to be a bad Titan like Rod. And he also didn't have the strength. So when Levi approached him, Kenny confesses that he is Levi's uncle and gives him the syringe case instead of using it. Later, we see a collapsed armored Titan Bertolt shouts for his friend and pulls Reiner out of the armored. We see the beast titan hunched over. He won a fight against the armored, which means that they'll wait to get Annie and instead prioritize getting the coordinate. They are sure that Aaron will come to them. So many things of your summary clicked that I did not get <laughs> when watching Oh no! This. Um, I thought that this, okay, there are a couple of things. Um, number one, I feel like when I watched the part between the Armored Titan and the Beast Titan, I thought that it was just Reiner being exhausted after running for so long and that he was collapsed on the ground and then the Beast Titan was there and said like, you did, oh. you did what you could. Um, oh, to try the- to save Annie and try to save humanity. I didn't even oh. think that they like fought each other and he was exhausted from it. So 
Oh, the Beast Titan isn't that himself. nice. So he but, wouldn't be saying that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And the other thing is, is that when you said that Kenny was worried about turning into a bad Titan like Rod Rice and also didn't have the strength, it made me think, are there certain people that have like the certain DNA or maybe certain abilities that allow them to take on the Titan form appropriately? And then mm-hmm. there are other human beings that do not have that gene or that ability oh. to be able to take on the Titan form. And maybe that's why some of them are deformed and some of them aren't. Like, I had never thought about it that way. I just thought it was like he was he was coming to terms with, like, I'm just a bad person and maybe Levi will be better than me. Oh, um, no. Um, I think the bad Titan, well, I think that Kenny was meaning bad Titan as in, like, clearly rod couldn't like stand on his own he was like a slug basically yeah but i think that's because rod licked the serum and didn't take the full serum from the syringe but i don't Mm -hmm. think kenny like put two and two together that that was probably what caused rod to be so deformed I'm just, I'm just hypothesizing what, speculating. yeah, uh, what Kenny would think. And then I'm also hypothesizing why Rod was so deformed to begin with. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's just, this is why we talk about this people because there's so many different perspectives. Like I didn't even think about it. I, yeah, like totally, I don't even know. Like my mind is blown by that. Well, that's why we have this podcast, everyone. Um, Let us know if you have another theory. Like, email us at littlebitweebish at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes, please. There we go. (laughs) Okay, so for my theme today, I put a new era. Um, I feel like there's a transfer of power, transfer of knowledge. A new leaf somewhat is turning over within this episode. And I think that there are a couple different places that we do see that. Um, We see the past catching up with the present and the present creeping into the future just based on things that are being predicted, Mm -hmm. things that are being shared from the past, and things that are currently going on in the present. Um, So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is we see that Kenny's life is flashing before his eyes as he's laying dying, as he lay dying underneath the tree. And we see that there's a transfer of power kind of going on multiple times throughout his lifespan Mm -hmm. um we see kenny's interaction with uri or uri um his interactions with frida Mm -hmm. and then we see kenny's interactions with rod and then just a little bit of interaction with historia over her lifetime Mm. okay and um and i just think that like each of those was kind of a new era as well Kenny was kind of evolving with each of those monarchs that are going on. He got different experiences. Um, And it it was just very interesting to see the evolution just during Kenny's lifetime. Like that, that isn't very long. Right. Mm, And yeah, we see so much like Uri seems to have aged quite quickly. Like, it seems like whatever ability is being passed from rice to rice ages you quickly, makes you act differently. Um, 
And we see how each of them kind of handled that mantle that is put on them. Like Uri seemed to be very um, wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the only version of him that we see is once he has taken on that mantle. Then we see Frida, who seemed kind of fiery um, and seemed like she was willing to kind of break the rules. Um, and then she takes on the mantle and she's like Uri again. She's she's acting like him, kind of very subservient, um, yes. meek, mild and stuff like that. And then we see Rod, who's just feeding everybody. I I want to say lies, but he's feeding them truth, but with his own twist to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And it rubs Kenny the wrong way, obviously. And then we see Historia, who doesn't end up taking that Titan mantle and is going and trying to create a new path for humanity without this first king's perspective put in her mind if that makes sense oh totally does so kenny's kind of like the catch-all we've seen multiple eras kind of come to an end with each monarch um then we also see that there's a new era with this transfer of knowledge from kenny to levi as in like there's a new era starting with the ackerman clan kind of like kenny was the leader of the clan ackerman or what's left of it and now he's like, okay, Levi, now it's your turn. You are kind of going to be the leader of this non-existent Ackerman clan, but I need to bestow upon you the knowledge that I have. Mm-hmm. That makes well, sense. I think so. But also I think that it, like just Levi knowing, one, his connection to Kenny, that they are family, Um, And also understanding that their status as a people, the Ackermans, um, is the way it is because something happened with the first king. Um, Because Levi asks, like, he asks briefly about it and it's so short, but Kenny's able to convey that, you know, the Ackermans have been feared or misunderstood by people, especially because of the king and that's why they stepped away um and i think just levi connecting with levi knowing that there's a family bond too um maybe might change some things for him i don't know yeah no i agree and i and i think that like this is also a change for levi in that sense like he's learning all of this about himself that he didn't know before um And something that he can bring to the table now, if that makes sense. Not that he wasn't bringing, you know, his abilities and his sneakiness to the table before. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He has yet something else that he can kind of add to it. Mm -hmm. Um, We also see, sorry, we have, I just have like a couple more points of this new era theme, but we see that Kenny is also turning over a new leaf as he dies. Um, He goes from wanting the power that lays in the syringe and ending up giving it to Levi. Um, And I feel like he's starting to realize that Levi will do better with it than Mm. he would. Um, Whether it's good intentions 
or um, that Levi will be the better Titan. I don't know, but it seems like he's just like, you know what? I think that Levi's the better person to get this to. Right. And part of me thinks also that, um, that Kenny realizes in this moment that not every dream can happen. Um, he mentioned how everyone has something that they're a slave to and what drives them. Drinking, women, family, religion, dreams, children, power. And I feel like he kind of realized that he was a slave to this dream. And this is where it led him to, you know, death's door. And I think mm-hmm. that that was also a way for him to make peace with it. And then give that syringe to Levi to just do with it as he saw fit. Yeah, I I like that because I did not think about that. He Yeah, he was very driven towards one purpose, mm-hmm. very fixated that he decided to cast off any other type of chance at happiness that he could have had. Like yep. he had the chance to be um, a father to... Levi and he decided no that he didn't want to do that that he was still trying for this grand purpose this grand dream mm-hmm. so I really like that um then we see um my, my last point is then we see Historia take the throne of power um with the people backing her I think that that's mm-hmm. something that's very different than what other monarchs have done before um within the wall that it was just kind of bestowed on whoever and the Rice family that was urged to take it. Um, but um, it seems like it's supposed to start off as a crowning of faith in their leader and not fear. I think that that's what Historia was kind of trying to go for. Like, I want to show them that I'm worth it and kind of earn it for them. Instead of scaring them into submission like Rod and his other royals had done kind of saying like we we know what's best and we will do this for you and we'll keep you safe right and Um, this false king king fritz where just to appease the mob you know the people to just say okay Mm -hmm. well i'm going to give you um more food because i know that you've had a hard time and just keep people fed keep people from rioting but instead historia does the exact opposite where she says i am your queen and i am serving you i Mm -hmm. am of you of the people kind of thing which is very different from king fritz you know the false king very exactly very very different um okay so let's move on to what we liked Um, as always, I really like to point out the funny and the heartfelt moments because we don't get a ton of those in Attack on Titan. I know. Um, so I loved it when Historia hits Levi and he says, thanks guys. I needed that. (laughs) I know. And of course, um, at one point, Jean says like, beat the little runt. And I (laughs) thought that that was hilarious too. I know. I, I love those moments 100% because they were so sweet and like, Levi just like smiles just a little bit at, you know, Historia hitting him. Like, I imagine that it's the same way a little kid like tries to be tough and, you know, it doesn't hurt at all, but they think that they're strong, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I also love seeing Reina and Bertolt. Um, I thought that 
yeah. I, I, for some reason, I missed them. I was like, oh, we're finally getting them back now. Ten episodes in. Yeah. So that felt good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's like, oh, yeah, there's this whole other thing that's going on right now that <laughs> I totally thought about. And I'd like to point out, we don't say see Amir. Right, like, we don't. I didn't see her. I know. Like, so, what happened? Where is she? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about bridge to past episodes really quick, and then we can move on to MVPs. Um, what did you see for the past? Oh my goodness. Well, I just wanted to connect the dots here. Um, in one of his flashbacks, we see that Kenny is talking with a man named Sanez at the Church mm. of the Wall sermon. Who is Sanez? He's the interior police who tortured and killed Pastor Nick and then was later yep. tortured by Hanji and Levi. Yep. Oh, so, yeah, just wanted Ugh. to connect the dots there. Like, I love when we see characters like in one setting and then we see them in the next. In the next, it's like we're building on these characters and not just like continually reintroducing people. So, yeah. Oh, um, I guess I also wanted to mention that we see a full syringe again, and that feels very important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we thought that the last of it, based on Rad Rice's scramble to like lick up the fluid on the ground, um, I had just assumed that that was like the last syringe. Oh. Um, and so now we see that Kenny is giving Levi a box with a syringe filled. Um, so just, just to note that. No, I think that that is so good because yeah, Rod Rice was so frantic in like connecting with Frida, connecting with Uri that he mm -hmm. licked up the serum and it's like, buddy, they weren't gone. There was literally another syringe in that pouch. So yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, it seemed like Kenny had swiped it before that. Right, but he wouldn't action. know, but he wouldn't know that. So he, yeah, in his that's, mind, that's he's, true. he'd still think that it was there. So, yeah, you know, interesting. Hmm. Okay, well, last up, we are going to um, talk about our MVPs and Megan. <laughs> um, I did not have one. I decided no. that I just wasn't even going to scramble for it. I felt like no one was terribly heroic <laughs> or did anything hey. enough for me. Hey, <laughs> so. that is fair. I love that you're not giving out these, you know, participation trophies because people just decided to speak <laughs> during the past two episodes. So I'm here for it. I Thank get you. it. You're exempt from the MVP voting. Okay. Um, but I did have one. I will say it was hard. But I ultimately had to give it to Aaron, mostly for what he did in episode nine. I feel like if it wasn't for him throwing the gunpowder, that everything could have gone sideways. Rod would have torn through the walls. His story wouldn't be clean. Um... Or a lot of people would have died because we saw how the cannons were going. Everything like it wasn't working against Rod. So, yeah, I feel like if it wasn't for Aaron and his Titan ability, um, you know, 
things wouldn't have worked out. So how to give him the MVP. Despite his... that No, that makes sense. Yeah, despite his inner mo- monologue before, you know, his actions were good. Megan, um, it, would you mind giving us a little down low on our Patreon? Oh, well, we're super excited. We already have a mini weep up. We talked about Studio Ghibli or Ghibli. Um, and we have an Ask Us Anything episode coming up. So super excited about that. But guess what, Sam? We have our very first patron in our Patreon. And I know, and we get to give this person a shout out. So for those of you who haven't checked out our Patreon in the second tier, um, the Scout Pledge, there's a perk where we will give you a one-time shout out on this podcast. And of course, if you do the tier above that or the tier above that, like you still get this bonus. So drum roll, (laughs) drum roll, please. You know, oh, I love that. That was nice. Our first patron on Patreon and our first shout out of the Little Bit We Bish podcast ever officially is our, uh, (laughs) is our friend Boone Johnson. Um, also a real life friend of mine. So this is super exciting. He did the momentous moment, one trillion percent tier. So he still gets this. (laughs) Um, so yeah, he is an ally to humanity as well as a friend of this podcast. Um, I know Boone in real life and we message each other anime stuff. And, uh, this is also his first time watching Attack on Titan. So um, nice. yeah, like he's like you, Sam, and he wanted to just support our podcast in another way, which is really cool. So thank you, Boone, for being our first patron and being a part of the Little Bit Weavers community. You're the best. Thank you, Boone. <laughs> now, um, can't promise that every shout out will be that lengthy, but you know, you gotta hype up the first one. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening listening to our podcast today. Um, as a reminder, next week we will be listening to Season 3, Episodes t- uh, 11 and 12. Um, and we just wanted to say that if you guys have anything else to add to this episode that you would like to share, um, we would be more than happy to share it on our podcast as well so that your opinions and your thoughts are heard. Um, so if you wanted to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at our email, which is littlebitweebish at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Instagram and TikTok and our handle is littlebitweebish. Thanks so much everybody.